Today is the 19th day of July. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. And it's always great to be here with you, so it's great to be here with you today as we, uh, as we close down a work week, move ourselves toward the weekend. We'll be concluding the book of First Chronicles today uh, with our Old Testament reading. So let's, let's begin. We're reading from the New Living Translation this week. First Chronicles chapters 28 and 29. David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. David rose to his feet and said, My brothers and my people, It was my desire to build a temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. I made the necessary preparations for building it, but God said to me, You must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Yet the Lord... The God of Israel has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule, and from among the families of Judah he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many, he chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He said to me, Your son, Solomon, will build my temple and its courtyards, for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. So now, With God as our witness, and in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Then David gave Solomon the plans for the temple and its surroundings, including the entry room, the storerooms, the upstairs rooms, the inner rooms, and the inner sanctuary, which was the place of atonement. David also gave Solomon all the plans he had in mind for the courtyards of the Lord's temple, the outside rooms, 
the treasuries and the rooms for the gifts dedicated to the Lord. The king also gave Solomon the instructions concerning the work of the various divisions of priests and Levites in the temple of the Lord, and he gave specifications for the items in the temple that were to be used for worship. David gave instructions regarding how much gold and silver should be used to make the items needed for service. He told Solomon the amount of gold needed for the gold lampstands and lamps, and the amount of silver for the silver lampstands and lamps, depending on how each would be used. He designated the amount of gold for the table on which the bread of the presence would be placed, and the amount of silver for other tables. David also designated the amount of gold for the solid gold meat hooks used to handle the sacrificial meat and for the basins, pitchers, and dishes, as well as the amount of silver for every dish. He designated the amount of refined gold for the altar of incense. Finally, he gave him a plan for the Lord's chariot, the gold cherubim, whose wings were stretched out over the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Every part of this plan, David told Solomon, was given to me in writing from the hand of the Lord. Then David continued, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. The various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer, and the officials and the entire nation are at your command. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 
10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and who are my people? that we could give anything to you. Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land, as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O oh Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees, and to do everything necessary to build this temple for which I have made these preparations. And David said to the whole assembly, Give praise to the Lord your God. And the entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the king. The next day they brought one thousand bulls, one thousand rams, and one thousand male lambs as burnt offerings to the Lord. They also brought liquid offerings and many other sacrifices on behalf of all Israel. They feasted and drank in the Lord's presence with great joy that day. And again they crowned David's son Solomon as their new king. They anointed him before the Lord as their leader, and they anointed Zadok as priest. So Solomon took the throne of the Lord in place of his father David, and he succeeded in everything 
and all Israel obeyed him. All the officials, the warriors, and the sons of King David pledged their loyalty to King Solomon. And the Lord exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel. And he gave Solomon greater royal splendor than any king in Israel before him. So David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel forty years, seven of them in Hebron and thirty-three in Jerusalem. He died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Then his son Solomon ruled in his place. All the events of King David's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the record of Samuel the seer, the record of Nathan the prophet, and the record of Gad the seer. These accounts include the mighty deeds of his reign and everything that happened to him and to Israel and to all the surrounding kingdoms. Romans 5, 6-21 When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man Adam brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the results of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads us to being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. 
But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So, just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Psalm 15 A Psalm of David Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Proverbs 19, 18 and 19. Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. Okay, so in the book of Romans, um, Paul, Paul writes, When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time. And we could just, we, we could maybe even should just sit there and, and consider the implications. Like the absolute relief of that statement being true changes everything. Because it's not just describing salvation. It's, it's the, the context of our lives. When we were helpless, Jesus came. And so this is where Paul's focusing as, as we continue through this letter, essentially telling us that God has invited us to be in a relationship with him. Again, we got to stop. It's like we say this stuff all of the time. We are talking about the almighty God who has invited us to be in a relationship 
even while we were completely his enemies. Uh, so, so let me not put it in my words. Let's just read it from the Bible. Since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I mean, come on. This is such good news. And uh, then Paul talked about the law, and he talks about the law a lot because it's something that he understood, and he also understood what it represented in the, in the Hebrew culture, and so he talks about it a lot. And, and he says it, it was a way, it was given to reveal essentially how far away we had drifted from God and how deep the chasm actually was. So without the law, there's no way to gauge that. There's no way to know that we, we have, uh, that we had it so backward. But with the law, we could finally see our helplessness to, to achieve perfection on our own. We could finally see like, no, we can't get there from here. We don't have the power. And that was the purpose of the law, to show us our desperate need for God. And then in the person of Jesus, God in the flesh, we saw God's passion to meet that need. So, I mean, Romans is a highly theological book. But, I mean, the underlying reality underneath that theology um yeah we we should be we should be humbled god didn't need to do any of this he didn't need to care like once we had gone our own way he could have just washed his hands of us and made new people on some new planet like god doesn't owe us anything and we we made and we continue to make choices that if if they run their course they're going to lead to our destruction we can't be our own God, even though we try it all of the time. We, don't, we, we are not equipped to be God. So according to Paul, the law is given so that we could, we could see the direction that, that we were headed in and that we could wake up. We could see the direction that we're headed in and, and become aware of where that's going to end up. And when we realize it's hopeless and, and we are helpless to do anything about it, then we begin to see how overwhelming God's love is. So profound that even when we were his enemies, he wouldn't give up on us. He would not allow us to pass into the darkness. Which basically leads us back to where we started when we were absolutely helpless. Jesus came at just the right time. So let's take some time today to... Uh, think about how massive this is as we move into the weekend not only in our own lives but but for but for all of humanity so no matter what uh, what circumstances we're facing no matter what kind of chaos is swirling around us as we read the book of romans all we can come to conclude is that we absolutely assuredly have a good father so father you are good, and your mercy endures forever. 
And your mercy reaches out to us even when we are alienated or estranged from you. Your kindness reaches toward us even when we are your enemy. This is beyond comprehension. We don't have the capacity to do that. Uh, We can live into that by the power of your Holy Spirit, and that is what sanctification is doing within us. But on our own, it's hard to even comprehend the kind of love that we're talking about here. This is good news. And so we receive this good news. We love you. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you came for us and would not let us be destroyed by the darkness. So we worship you and we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's happening. And uh, we are very excited and uh, continuing to invite uh, invite you to the Daily Audio Bible Family Reunion this year here in the rolling hills of Tennessee. That is uh, going to take place August 31st through September 2nd, so over Labor Day weekend, a long weekend for us here in the United States. For a lot of people, it's sort of like the last hurrah of, of summertime and then preparing to move into the autumn season. And so it's, well, it's here in the rolling hills of Tennessee, which is a beautiful destination place. There's plenty more than you can do in a weekend for sure. Uh, here in the in the Nashville area, and then we're right out on the lake, Camp Widgewagon. There's plenty to do without even leaving those grounds. But more importantly than the things to do is just uh, the friendships to be made, the connection uh, with brothers and sisters who have been taking this journey the entire year. We finally get to know people by face and uh, not just by voice alone. So, hope you can come. Come to the Rolling Hills of Tennessee this uh, this Labor Day, and get the details at dailyaudiobible.com in the initiatives section. Just look for Family Reunion 2019. You can do that on the app as well. Just push the drawer icon in the upper left hand corner. If you want to partner with the the Daily Audio Bible, thank you, thank you for your partnership. As I've said hundreds of times over the years what we are we are together we don't do this together we're not anything it's always been a family affair so thank you for your partnership here in the summertime there's a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com if you're using the app you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request, comment 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning, family. This is Christina from the Treasure Coast, 
And I just heard the prayer request for Sunday, the 14th of July, and a couple definitely prompted me to come in and call in. And, uh, part of, with the lady with ovarian cancer, you know, part of my story was I had breast cancer in 2011, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And the reason is it, is it brought me back to my Savior. And I realized I could not do life alone. And I did cancer completely alone. And whenever I talk about my story, I <laughs> tell people, don't do it alone. And the fact that you're bringing your daughters in, or at least the older ones, is something life-changing for her as well. So it will change your life, and God will use it for the for the good of your life. I truly believe that. And for the young lady that called in about forgiveness and the abuse in her childhood, you know, forgiveness is such a journey I'm going through. That journey myself, um, you, you guys, some of you may have remember I've called in about my marriage and I, I see that things are are getting better and God is working and it, it's going to be a lot of work and forgiveness and grace and not all around so thank you for your prayers and um, thank you for being here in the world <laughs> in Jesus name amen thanks guys Hi, my name is Demetrius today. I really don't know why I'm calling, given where I am in my faith right now. But I imagine this is a guy reaching out to me again. So, but, well, pardon my French, but God be on some bullshit. But at any rate, what I am doing is calling to ask for prayer for my progeny. Alexandra Danae Head, Sean Mitchell, Elena McKenzie Dior, Christina Walker, Liam Walker, John Ivory Walker. Those are my children, and um, the father is on a path of self-destruction right now, and I'll see myself turning off. And I ask that you pray for my children and look out for them because, I don't know, like I say, I'm about to walk through some fire, and I don't know if I'm coming out on the other side. So, God, look out for my children. And... I'm just saying, um, I'm not trying to you know, pray no more because I'm done. I gave up. I'm done. So, anyway, um, I suppose it's my... Thank you, God, for giving me everything I've asked. You freed me from my demons and my true self now unmasked. Time's growing short now. As they say, this too shall pass. I praise and thank you constantly. There's not much that I ask. The relationship I have with you, I pray will always last. Last is first and first is last. A simple little verse. Some men go from good to bad, some from bad to worse. 
Help me just be patient, God, and follow where you lead. Help me not be selfish and consumed with lust and greed. Wherever two are gathered, I know you will be there. Keep my mind's eye simple, Lord, and strip my ego bare. Make me in your image, God. I'm flesh, but still I'm clay. Fill me with your spirit and renew my strength each day. One and one are usually two, but you and I are one. Finish, God, the work in me. You clearly have begun. Brian Tony, 1016 at gmail.com. And once again, Brian and Harden family, thank you for this wonderful podcast for God's Holy Spirit to flow. Keep it flowing, y'all. All right, bye-bye. Hello, DAB family. This is great to be free in Jesus from Oklahoma. I have a testimony that God wants me to share with my family. I lost my husband 26 years ago, and I had to finish raising our kids with God's help. Both of my daughters decided to do things the way they wanted instead of the way I taught them and messed up their lives. I was constantly putting out fires that they created and trying to help them clean up their mess. I cried out to the Lord many times, Lord, what did I do wrong? I know I wasn't a perfect mother. I know that I made lots of mistakes, but I can't figure out what I did that was that bad. One day when I was trying to figure this out and was asking God the umpteenth time, what did I do that was that bad? The Lord said to me, I'm the perfect father and look how my children treat me. I was like, oh, wow. I felt this big load lifted off of me because I had felt so much guilt. God set me free from all that. I no longer blame myself for their mistakes. From some of the phone calls I hear, I feel like I wasn't the only one who was carrying this guilt. I hope this will help someone to be set free from the guilt of what your adult children are doing. Just remember that we do the best that we can, and we leave the rest up to God. Please pray for my two daughters, Melissa and Jamie, and God bless you, Daily Audio Bible family, and I pray for all of you every day. Love you. Bye.